WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Voters will head to the polls tomorrow to cast ballots in the state's presidential primary. On the Democratic side, President Joe Biden is looking to win his party's nomination to seek another four years in the White House. Former President Donald Trump is facing off against former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley for the GOP nomination. Pollster Ed Sarpolis of Target Insight was asked if we can expect any surprises. Well, the surprise is going to be is, is where do Republicans vote? Do they wait for March 2nd for the caucuses or do they actually show up on uh, the, the 27th? What's surprising to me, the fact that the last poll I did uh, about three weeks ago, Nikki Haley was already at 14 percent. And the fact point be, if the people are true Trumpites, if they go to the caucuses, that means the more the votes on the 27th may benefit Nikki Haley. She may look better than expected because the traditional Trump voters are not voting. Sarpolis appeared on Michigan Matters, which airs on Sundays in Detroit. Pollsters say that Biden could face a wake-up call in Michigan as a movement has been started to mark uncommitted on the ballots to indicate frustration with his support of Israel in its war with Hamas. The reconstruction of Upton Drive in St. Joseph starts next month. The project's been years in the making as the city sought grants and other funding to pay for its more than $11 million cost. City engineer Tim Z. Bell tells us they're doing a complete reconstruction of the road from the St. Joseph River to Momany Drive. The project also includes sewer and drainage work. The project will also include the installation of a non-motorized path on the east side of the road. So the road will be narrowed in order to make space for that non-motorized path. Z. Bell says the project will be done in phases with phase one from Marina Drive to the south. Traffic will have to use Momany Drive or Clock Road to get around the area while Upton Drive is completely closed. Phase two will mean other traffic changes. That's from the Marina Drive, Virginia Court intersection to Mominy Drive. That will be closed, so people will have to access from the south, so along Whitlam Drive, in order to get in. Zebel says the project will start March 25th and continue through November. A meeting for the public to learn more will be held March 5th at St. Joseph City Hall starting at 6 p.m. City staff will explain how the work will go, and people will be able to ask questions. Zebel also encourages people who live nearby to sign up for weekly email updates on the project's progress. We have the form to print out and drop off at City Hall, posted at our website. This is National Invasive Species Awareness Week, and Michiganders are encouraged to do their part to help prevent the spread. Jennifer Holden with the Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development tells us there are several species of plant, insect, and fish that the state is keeping an eye on. In southwest Michigan, there are a few concerns. Spotted lanternfly, which if you're a wine grape grower, you are very familiar with the potential damage spotted lanternfly can cause. Asian carp, a variety of other things. In October, an invasive aquatic plant called hydrilla was found in a couple of Berrien Springs ponds. Testing by the DNR and Eagle in nearby water bodies didn't find any additional samples. Holden says when an invasive insect or fish winds up where they're not supposed to be, that can threaten the ecosystem. Each year, it's estimated that invasive pests can destroy up to 40% of food crops around the world. That causes billions of dollars in production and trade losses. So definitely really important for everybody to kind of do their part. Holden says firewood is a common way that invasive species get transported around. Buy fire-treated firewood or only use firewood that you bought in the area where you're using it. Boaters are encouraged to wash their craft after leaving a body of water. Hikers, too, should clean their shoes or boots. You can learn about invasives that threaten Michigan and report them at michigan.gov slash invasives. A new online portal has been launched for anyone to learn how government agencies spend their money. The Office of Congressman Tim Wahlberg tells us the Office of Management and Budget has officially launched the Federal Program Inventory, which has information on all federal programs that provide grants, loans, or direct payments to individuals, governments, firms, or other groups. 
The inventory was created as a result of legislation backed by Wahlberg in 2020. He spoke on the House floor about the Taxpayer Right to Know Act. The American people deserve to know what their government does with their hard-earned dollars, don't you think? H.R. 598 will make it easier to evaluate federal government spending by requiring federal agencies to identify their programs, provide basic information like how they perform and how much they cost. Agencies must do a better job of managing their programs and identifying areas where taxpayer dollars are wasted. The Taxpayer's Right to Know Act has become law as part of the National Defense Defense Authorization Act of 2020 and requires the Office of Management and Budget to publish an online inventory of each agency's federal programs and provide a description of the program as well as identify information about the program's performance and costs. Wahlberg says it's all about making sure federal agencies have an incentive to implement cost-saving measures and reduce redundancy. We'll have a link to the federal program inventory at our website. It has information on more than 2,300 federal programs that used nearly $4.5 trillion in 2022. The city of Hartford has applied for a state spark grant to improve Eli Park. It says it's seeking funds for things including a parking lot along Michigan Avenue, new sidewalks, improvements to the pavilion and restrooms, new lighting, additional benches, updated landscaping, a pickleball court, and a small playground. The goal is to enhance the park for the public while also leaving plenty of space for big events like the Strawberry Festival. The city drafted its grant application with input from the public obtained through a survey and a community meeting. Now that the grant application's been submitted, it will let everyone know once there's a status update. Michigan has detected its first case of measles since 2019. A child in Oakland County caught the disease while on a trip overseas. However, there are not believed to be any other exposures outside that household. We asked Detroit Medical Center infectious disease specialist Dr. Gretchen Newman about the symptoms of measles. Classically, we talk about the three C's, cough, coryza, which is runny nose, and conjunctivitis, which is red, watery eyes. So you're looking for symptoms that look a lot like the common cold. The distinguishing feature, though, is that it's with a very high fever, a very high fever, sometimes over 104 degrees. Newman says getting vaccinated is the best way to protect ourselves, but those numbers are in decline. In 2017, 89% of kids aged 4 to 6 were getting their measles shots. That number dropped to 84% by 2022. A new effort has begun in Allegan County to address the shortage of housing. The Allegan Community Foundation says a coalition of groups last year commissioned a report on housing needs in the area, and it has found what everyone already knew. Allegan County needs housing at all price points. There's a housing gap of more than 6,200 units in the next five years. Now the housing stock work group's been formed to seek solutions. The group assembled for the first time last week for an education and brainstorming session led by the Allegan Community Foundation, Housing Next, and Flywheel Consulting. It was centered around the recommendation made by the housing assessment done the previous year. A common theme offered by one member was create a community where your kids can afford to live. A full action plan is expected to be rolled out in the spring of this year. The initiative has the backing of Perigo, Haworth, Parker, Hannafin, the Gun Lake Tribe, the Rotary Clubs of Allegan County, the Community Action Agency of Allegan County, the United Way, and Allegan County Community Foundation, among others. The Berrien County Youth Fair has announced its grandstand headliner for this summer's festivities. It says country star Randy Hauser will perform on Wednesday, August 14th. With his How Country Feels album, he topped the charts with the tracks Running Out of Moonlight and Good Night Kiss, which was also his first number one as a songwriter. Hauser has also written songs for Trace Adkins and Jesse James. You may also have seen him in Martin Scorsese's Killer of the Flower Moon and The Hill on Netflix. Tickets for the August 14th show will go on sale March 5th. The Berrien County Youth Fair will run from August 12th to the 17th at the fairgrounds in Berrien Springs. 
The Berrien County Youth Fair is celebrating 78 years this year with the theme of Explore Planet Fair. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. Prosecutors today asked the judge overseeing former President Donald Trump's criminal case involving a hush payment to a porn actress to impose a gag order. More from ABC's Aaron Katursky. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office said Donald Trump has a long history and continuing pattern of public statements that attack judges, jurors, lawyers, witnesses, and others involved in legal proceedings against him. Prosecutors said a limited gag order is needed to protect the integrity of the case and to avoid prejudice to the jury. A spokesman for Trump said it's a request by another deranged Democrat prosecutor. D.A. Alvin Bragg wants Trump prohibited from attacking anyone associated with the case other than him. A strong winter storm is expected to dump heavy mountain snow in parts of the West, while much of the Midwest will be basking in unseasonably warm conditions. The National Weather Service says the winter storm will move across the Pacific Northwest today into tomorrow, creating near-blizzard conditions in some places, with one to two inches of snow an hour over the Oregon Cascades and northern Rockies before it moves into the Great Basin and central Rockies tomorrow. Warmer conditions that hit the plains over the weekend will continue through today, with some cities toying with record temperatures. President Biden will visit the U.S. southern border on Thursday to meet with U.S. Border Patrol agents as well as law enforcement and local leaders. ABC's Karen Travers has the latest on the politics surrounding this trip. President Biden's trip to the border city of Brownsville, Texas, comes on the same day Donald Trump is making a similar visit to Eagle Pass, Texas. The president continues to push House Republicans to move forward on the bipartisan border security agreement negotiated in the Senate. Show a little spine. Pass the bipartisan security bill, notwithstanding you may reap the wrath of one or more of your colleagues. But House Republicans are under pressure from Trump, who urged them to oppose that bill because he wants to make the border a key campaign issue. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. The Palestinian Authority's prime minister has announced his government's resignation. It's seen as the first step in a reform process urged by the United States as part of its latest ambitious plans to resolve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. But it will do little to address the PA's longstanding lack of legitimacy among its own people or its strained relations with Israel. Both pose major obstacles to U.S. plans for the PA, which administers parts of the Israeli-occupied West Bank, to govern post-war Gaza ahead of eventual statehood for the territories. Meanwhile, just as a potential ceasefire deal is being discussed in the Israel-Hamas war, Israel has launched strikes deep inside of Lebanon. Here's ABC's Tom Sufi Burridge in Tel Aviv. The risk of escalation on that northern border, Israel's northern border, is very, very real. There are two schools of thought. One says that a war between Israel and Hezbollah in the near future is almost inevitable because Israel has to repopulate the areas of its northern border. It's committed to that. It is ramping up the rhetoric against Hezbollah, but Hezbollah has to back down. The other school of thought says that it's in neither side's interest and Hezbollah has a massive stock of missiles and a war between Hezbollah and Israel would be incredibly dangerous for this region. Hungary's parliament has ratified Sweden's bid to join NATO, ending more than 18 months of delays that frustrated the alliance as it sought to expand in response to Russia's war in Ukraine. Hungary's government submitted the protocols for approving Sweden's entry into NATO in 2022, but the matter had stalled in parliament over opposition by governing party lawmakers. Unanimous support among all NATO members is required to admit new members, and Hungary was the last of its 31 members to give its backing. But the vote today cleared Sweden's final hurdle after it first applied to join the alliance in May of 2022. The U.S. Supreme Court is digging deeply into laws passed by a couple of GOP-led states that would sanction social media companies like Facebook and X for censoring political views. More from ABC's Stephen Portnoy. The case involves state-led efforts to prevent online censorship, with conservatives complaining their views have been suppressed. 
but conservative justice Brett Kavanaugh told an attorney defending Florida's law that he'd misread the right to free speech. You left out what I understand to be three key words in the First Amendment uh, or to describe the First Amendment <laughs> by the government. Other justices suggested the case should be sent back to lower courts for further review. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. A private U.S. lunar lander is expected to stop working tomorrow. Its mission cut short after landing sideways near the south pole of the moon. Intuitive Machines, the Houston company that built and flew the spacecraft, said today that sunlight will likely stop shining on the solar panels tomorrow morning. That's two to three days short of the week or so that NASA and other customers have been counting on. Last Thursday, the lander became the first U.S. spacecraft to land on the moon in more than 50 years. Photos from a NASA satellite around the moon show it landed within a mile of its target. And there's new information on a man who died after setting himself on fire at the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. 25-year-old Aaron Bushnell of San Antonio, Texas, identified as the man D.C. police say set himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy Sunday. He was taken to a local hospital where he died. The U.S. Air Force confirms he was an active-duty airman, but additional information about his service record was being withheld until after his next of kin is notified. The Israeli embassy in Washington releasing a statement saying no embassy staff was injured and all are safe. Derek Dennis, ABC News. 